Our Father which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And Lord, please make us vessels, agents by which your will will be done on this earth. Dear Lord, we have heard of your kingdom and we want to be in it. We have seen the principles that dwell therein, but our characters are not according to those principles as yet. We are not yet perfected. We pray, Lord, that as we fellowship with you even now, that you would work in us and build us up and perfect us into the most holy faith. Lord, grant us of your spirit. Put your words in my mouth. Help me, dear Lord, that as I speak, you shall actuate me and put the right words that will bless all your children who are listening, including myself, that we all may reflect the image of our Lord Jesus Christ. Thank you for hearing and answering our prayers. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen. Conflict and Courage, November 28 at the Damascus Gate. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? Acts chapter 9 verse 3 and 4. With the faith and experience of the Galilean disciples who had accompanied with Jesus were united in the work of the gospel, the fiery vigor and intellectual power of a rabbi of Jerusalem, a Roman citizen born in a Gentile city, a Jew not only by descent but by lifelong training, patriotic devotion and religious faith. Educated in Jerusalem by the most eminent of the rabbis and instructed in all the laws and traditions of the fathers, Saul of Tarsus shared to the fullest extent the pride and the prejudices of his nation. While still a young man, he became an honored member of the Sanhedrin. He was looked upon as a man of promise a zealous defender of the ancient faith. In the theological schools of Judea, the word of God had been set aside for human speculations. It was robbed of its power by the interpretations and traditions of the rabbis. With their fierce hatred of their Roman oppressors, they cherished the determination to recover by force of arms their national supremacy. The followers of Jesus whose message of peace was so contrary to their schemes of ambition, they hated and put to death. In this persecution, Saul was one of the most bitter and relentless actors. At the gate of Damascus, the vision of the crucified one changed the whole current of his life. The persecutor became a disciple, the teacher a learner. The days of darkness spent in solitude at Damascus were as years in his experience. 
the Old Testament scriptures stored in his memory were his study, and Christ his teacher. Paul did not think that he made any real sacrifice when he exchanged Phariseeism for the gospel of Jesus Christ. When Paul found that he was in a wrong path, he linked himself according to divine light with the people he had thought he must wipe from the earth. He taught Christ and lived Christ and suffered martyrdom for Christ's sake. Amen. The title of our devotion for today is At the Damascus Gate. And we are now entering into the story of one of the most prolific, perhaps the most prolific evangelist that has ever walked the face of this earth, the man called Saul, who later became Paul. To understand his coming into the picture properly, we need to understand that he actually was one who God used for a prophetic fulfillment of giving the light to the Gentiles as we have seen in previous devotions. So let us look at it properly. We have seen previously the vision given to Daniel in the book of Daniel 8 verse 13 and 14. Daniel, uh, there was a question asked to how long shall be the treading of the sanctuary underfoot and then there were, the statement was made unto 2,300 days then shall the sanctuary be cleansed. This 2300 days prophecy began in 457 BC because in the book of Daniel 9 verse 24 and 25, Gabriel the angel came to tell Daniel the interpretation of that 2300 days prophecy. Daniel was told that 70 weeks were determined for his people. That is, out of that 2300 days, 70 weeks which is 490 days. Since a day represents a year, we can see that in Ezekiel 4 verse 6, then 490 days will be 490 years. So here it is that he was told 70 weeks, 490 years were given to the Jews. And they were supposed to use that to finish transgression, to make an end of sins. I'm reading Daniel 9 verse 24 to make reconciliation for iniquity and bring in everlasting righteousness and seal up the vision and prophecy and anoint the most holy which is jesus christ and then he was told when that will begin when the decree is given to restore and rebuild jerusalem the book of ezra 7 already tells us that that is the decree given to restore and to rebuild jerusalem and that decree was given in 457 bc now they were further told that the messiah will be cut off when we read verse 26 and 27 of daniel 9 we are now told the messiah will be cut off in the midst of the last week which means in 483 years the messiah will be anointed that's at the last week and then in the midst of it three and a half years later he will be he will, he will be killed now this killing of the messiah is a very important thing because it signified the rejection of the messiah by the jews Reading in Maranatha, page 282, paragraph 7, we are told, Thus, the Jewish leaders made their choice. Their decision was registered in the book which John saw in the hand of him that sat upon the throne, the book which no man could open. In all its vindictiveness, this decision will appear before them in the day when this book is unsealed by the Lion of the tribe of Judah. Now, the time had come for the Jews to choose. 
Even at the crucifixion of Jesus, though Jesus said their house was left unto them desolate, some three and a half years still remained for them to rethink their decision. The final year of the 490 years given to them had arrived. It was AD 34 and that was supposed to mark the final decision for them to choose whether they will bring in everlasting righteousness, put away their iniquities and bring an end to transgression and accept the Messiah. Little did they know that in the lowly deacon preaching to them, Stephen, Jesus himself was speaking to them. It was not just Stephen who was speaking, it was Jesus who was speaking that day to them as though verily he himself was there. But at the preaching of Stephen, the record reads in Acts 7 verse 57 and 58, Then they cried out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and ran upon him with one accord and cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their clothes at a young man's feet whose name was Saul. Thus the Jews sealed their destiny as not being God's people. They initially had chosen Caesar as their king, John 19 verse 15, but they cried out, Away with him! Away with him! Crucify him! Pilate said unto them, Shall I crucify your king? The chief priest answered, We have no king but Caesar. This decision Jesus was trying to revoke by the decision stood, but the decision stood once more in AD 34. This was in when they crucified Jesus AD 31, but now in AD 34, the Jews crucified the Son of Man afresh when they destroyed Stephen. And then this man, Saul, was going to be used by the Lord. Though he started out as a persecutor of God's people, a new commission was given that the gospel should go to the Gentiles. And he was the one the Lord was going to use for this reading the book of Acts chapter 8 from verse 1 to 3 it says and Saul was consenting unto his death that Stephen's death and at that time there was a great persecution against the church which was at Jerusalem and they were all scattered abroad throughout the regions of Judea and Samaria except the apostles verse 3 says as for Saul he made havoc of the church entering into every house and hailing men and women committed them to prison but as the time was over for the Jews, God had a plan for the gospel to go to the Gentiles. This same man, Saul, who was instrumental in sealing the destiny of the Jews as they rejected Jesus, would ironically be the greatest evangelist ever for the Gentiles, as he would be raised by God and used by him strictly as an apostle to the Gentiles. Now, reading from the book of Acts chapter 9, from verse 1, it says, And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest, and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth, and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. 
and the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. Amen. To Saul was asked the question, Why persecutest thou me? What do we learn from that question Jesus asked? Jesus identifies with the sufferings of his saints as though he were the one suffering it. When Stephen was stoned to death, it was Jesus that they were stoning to death. When Paul, Saul, was going from house to house, hailing men and women, breathing persecutions against the people of God, Jesus saw it as verily as if he was the one that was being destroyed like that. That's why we are told about crucifying the Son of Man afresh. That was exactly what Jesus said. In the book of Matthew 25, Jesus had already said this very clearly. In verse 31, he says, When the Son of Man shall come in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then shall he sit upon the throne of his glory. And before him shall be gathered all nations, and he shall separate them one from another, as a shepherd divided the sheep from the goats. And he shall set the sheep on his right hand, and the goats on the left. Then shall the king say unto them on his right hand, Come, be blessed of my father, inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. For I was unhungered, and you gave me meat. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and ye took me in, naked, and ye clothed me. I was sick, and ye visited me. I was in prison, and ye came unto me. Then shall the righteous answer him, and saying, Lord, when saw we thee and hungered and fed thee or thirsty and gave thee drink and all of that and the lord will say to them in verse 40 now verily i say unto you inasmuch as you have done it unto one of the least of these my brethren you have done it unto me and the case is the reverse if you do not do it to jesus if you don't do good to people on this earth at the people of god then you are refraining from doing good to Jesus and if you persecute the people of God, you are actually persecuting Jesus. That is what Jesus is trying to say. Jesus is represented by anyone who speaks the truth contained in his word. Do you see people speaking the truth and you persecute them? And persecution doesn't necessarily have to be what Paul was doing, putting people in prison and um, killing them. But we can do so in putting people in prison by the words we speak. Here in Galatians 1 verse 8 to 10, to tell us what represents those who, um, who represents Jesus. It was Paul who actually wrote this. He says, But though we are an angel from heaven, preach another gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again. If any man preach any other gospel unto you than that which you have received, let him be accursed. For do I now persuade men or God, or do I seek to please men? For if I yet please men, I should not be the servant of Christ. Amen. So here, what does it mean to be a servant of Christ? It means to preach the word of God, to please God. Because if we please men, we are not servants of Christ. It does not matter who it is that is peddling error or truth. We follow the truth. We do not follow men. 
Even if the person is an angel telling the truth, we don't follow because it is an angel, but because of the thing the person is saying being in harmony with the word of God. But even if it is one revered as an angel, we are not to follow because the person has such a reputation, but in like manner, we are not respecters of persons, but rather we follow the truth. We must be careful not to follow people. Oh, this person said this. As far as they said it, then I follow. It is the truth that we are following. And if you persecute one for speaking the truth, you persecute Jesus. We are to be careful to always be on the side of truth, lest we be found persecuting Jesus. It is not, oh, this brother said it, therefore I am with him. What did he say? It is about the truth. The people of God. Saul was persecuting the people of God who had the truth. But the Lord appeared to him and told him, You are persecuting me. But if he was if it was just any other person that is not peddling the truth, the Lord the Lord will not say that, though it doesn't mean it's not a sin to um oppress people or something. But when it is done to people who are who have the truth, then we are persecuting Jesus Himself. Now, a lesson to learn from the experience Saul had after he had encountered Jesus or Jesus had encountered him and he had asked the question who art thou Lord the Lord identified himself saying I am Jesus the next thing Paul said was Lord what will thou have me to do and the Lord said to him go I will show you what you should do and Paul was blind in the book of Acts chapter 9 verse 9 it says and he was three days without sight and neither did eat nor drink and there was a, ma- a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias and to him said the Lord in the vision Ananias and he said behold I am here Lord and the Lord gave Ananias a commission which we will talk about in subsequent devotions but for today let us look at this experience of Saul blind for three days during these three days saul was reviewing his life and the incidents that happened to him at the gate of damascus during those three days he contemplated his past and the things he did to the christians those he killed those he put in prison men who had been denied of their wives and women who he had, whom he had left at, as widows children whom he had kept motherless and fatherless and he had orphaned them because of his zeal without knowledge because of his ignorance and lack of understanding could it be that truly he was like those who stephen accused him to be like the words of stephen must have rang again in his ears in the book of acts 7 verse 51 and 52 he will remember those words and in his imagination he will remember stephen standing that day telling him the truth as stephen said you stiff-necked and uncircumcised in heart and ears ye do always resist the holy ghost as your fathers did so do ye which of the prophets have not your fathers persecuted and they have slain them which showed before of the coming of the just one of whom ye have been now the betrayers and murderers these words would have come back to saul's mind could it be true that he was indeed stiff-necked and resisting the holy ghost was he like those whom he thought he was nothing like as these questions came in his mind he must have felt keenly the pain of what he had done the voice of the one who spoke to him was another cause for worry 
he knew what he heard. Acts 9 verse 4 and 5, he, when he failed to hear, that voice said to him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? And when he asked, who art thou, Lord? The answer was not just, I am Jesus, that's all. But he said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. I am Jesus is what he said. So truly that man Jesus is the Lord and is the Messiah. Had he been doing just what he accused his victims of doing, he was to make a decision. He still had the opportunity to choose whether to listen to that voice or not. Many years later, when telling this story before Agrippa, he said in the book of Acts 26 verse 12 to 19, this is his narration of the story many years later, he says, Whereupon, as I went to Damascus with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, I saw in the way a light from heaven, above the brightness of the sun, shining round about me, and them which journeyed with me. And when we were all fallen, to the earth, I heard a voice speaking unto me and saying in the Hebrew tongue, Saul, Saul, why persecutest thou me? It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And I said, Who art thou, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus whom thou persecutest, but rise and stand upon thy feet. For I have prepared unto thee for this purpose. For I have appeared unto thee for this purpose, to make thee a minister and a witness both of those things which thou hast seen, and of those things in the which I will appear unto thee, delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles, unto whom now I send thee, to open their eyes and to turn them from darkness to light, and from the power of Satan unto God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me. Amen. So this is the full message that Jesus told him that day. It was not just Saul, Saul, why persecutors down me. Saul here in the book of Acts 26 gave us the full detail of what he heard that day. God commissioned him, Jesus commissioned him from that day telling him, I want you to be an apostle to the Gentiles, to break them off from the power of Satan that has held them. For how long? Perhaps 4,000 years. People have been under the power of Satan and God was calling him, saying, this is what I want you to do for me. Now, something that God arrested Saul, sort of. But hear what he says. He says, whereupon, O King Agrippa, I was not disobedient unto the heavenly vision. Saul made his decision. He will obey Jesus. From here on out, the story of the man Saul, who turned to Paul, the greatest evangelist ever known, it began. There are many today who wish to have this same experience of Saul, thinking that God made him to be an apostle by force, as though Paul had no choice. There are many who speak about how God has not called them or how they want God to arrest them as he arrested Paul. But if we think like this, we, we are sadly mistaken. Paul, if he chose, could have been as strong-headed as Judas, Caiaphas, Annas and the multitude who came to take Jesus on that day of his crucifixion. All these people had similar experiences to that of Saul, yet they did not respond. From his comment in, to, to, to Agrippa in Acts 26 verse 19, he said, I was not disobedient, suggests to us that if he wanted, he could have been disobedient. And it is true, God does not force anybody. Saul could have chosen not to listen to Jesus. 
that experience he passed through, he could have seen it as just a joke. Do you remember the story of Balaam? Did God not meet him on the way to when he was going to curse the people of God? He was going to curse Israel and the donkey spoke to him. That was supposed to be a changing experience for Balaam, but Balaam did not change. If Saul wanted, he also would not change. And like I said earlier, those people, Caiaphas, Annas and Co, they also had their experience, but they did not change. When Jesus stood before Caiaphas, divinity flashed before Caiaphas and Caiaphas knew this is the Messiah, but he resisted it. Also, there were those who came to pick Jesus that day when he was uh, to be taken to Caiaphas. If we read the book of John, we are told that they fell down to the floor because of the divinity that flashed before them. Of course, there was an angel there, but we have to just see that because of Christ's divinity, these people, they could not even stand before him. When they came to pick him, they fell to the floor. They also had their experience, but they did not respond to it. Saul responded to the experience that he had with Jesus. We are not to think, oh, I want God to arrest me as though it is God's fault that we have not answered the call that he has given to us. People think that God forced Saul to become Paul and become an evangelist. No, he was not forced. He was doing it by his own choice. The Lord has called us also out of darkness. It is left for us to respond or not. If we are waiting for God to blind our eyes and hear him say to us that we are to be his messengers before we can listen to his call, it is most likely that we will never have that exact experience. Also, if we think ourselves excused from being children of God because God did not go out of his way to interpose between us and our sinful ambition like he did to Saul, then we are wrong. Even today, God is speaking to us as he spoke to Saul at the gate of Damascus. It is left to us, it is left with us to hear or not to hear him. Saul obeyed by choice and not because he was forced to. Others before him had, the, had had evidence of the truth of Jesus but rejected it and stifled conviction. But Saul chose to listen. We also are to hear Jesus speaking to us in his word. Every morning we wake from our sleep is to be a Damascus experience for us. Every sickness that we pass through, every pain that we pass through, every loss of a loved one, the deliverance from the accidents on the road which we experience and the lack of it thereof is still an experience for us to say, I have had a Damascus experience. Every moment the Spirit of God is ministering and waiting to hear from us. When we hear the faithful preaching of the Word of God and the truth glaring at us, shining round about us from His Word, as it was shining, like Paul said, that there was a light that shone around himself and those who were with him. As we see the light from the God's Word, it is better than that light that, that was shining around Paul. That light is supposed to be an experience, it's to be our Damascus experience. More so, some of us do have the experiences that should help us, like Saul, to rethink our past so that we can start a new leaf with Jesus. When we pass through the loss of a job, heartbreak, embarrassing moments in our lives where we have been walking in a particular direction and then suddenly maybe you are exposed, your sin is exposed into the open. These experiences are to be Damascus experiences for us. We are supposed to stop a while 
as the light from the word of God is blinding our eyes or as we pass through these experiences that put us on a halt in life. Like Saul, we are to wait and rethink our past. What has been the benefit of the evil things I have been doing? As I have neglected Christ, as I have been going against the truth, what benefit has it been for me? As Saul was thinking of these things, we too, it's our choice. The Lord has given us enough reasons to also stop, to halt and think like he did to Saul. He has done it for many of us and he will do it again and again. Now, it is left for you to either respond or not because a time will come where the Lord may not even go out of his way to bring the light to us. Jesus said, Walk in the light when the light is shining, because the night cometh when no man can walk. John chapter 12 verse 36 While ye have the light, believe in the light, that you may be the children of the light. These things speak Jesus and departed and did hide himself. In verse 35 he said, Yet a little while is the light with you. Walk while you have the light, lest darkness come upon you, for he that walketh in darkness knoweth not whither he goeth. And verse 36, while ye have the light, believe in the light, that you may be children of the light. These things speak Jesus, and departed and did hide himself from them. The light comes to us through God's word, as a light came to Saul. And every time we hear the word of God telling us, this is the way, walk ye in it. We are having our own Damascus experience. Don't wait to have your eyes blinded physically before you know that you are also passing through your Damascus experience. Some of us encounter truths from the word of God and you see clearly this is the truth. You are having your own Damascus experience. Will you respond or not? Saul responded and it is our privilege and duty to respond and it will be well with us when we respond to the light that comes from God's word. When the Lord is showing us from his word, my brother, my sister, look at the way you have been living your life. You have been persecuting me by hating the people of God and hating my truth and by practicing something contrary to my word. You have been persecuting me. You are kicking against the pricks. And what does it mean? When you kick against the pricks, you are injuring yourself. That's what you are doing. That's what Jesus was telling him. You are harming your own self. When you kick against the prick, it will injure you. It will enter into your own legs and you will bleed. The Lord is saying to you, while you are in that illicit relationship, you are kicking against the pricks. While you are living with that young man cohabiting and you young man living with that young lady, you are kicking against the pricks. While you are going against the truth of God's word lying and deceiving others, cherishing in yourself envy, jealousy, pride, hatred, bitterness, you are kicking against the pricks. While you neglect to reverence God and speak profane language, you are kicking against the pricks also. While you neglect to keep holy the Sabbath day, while you choose to engage in self-indulgence and self-gratification, going clubbing and all of that, Brother and sister, you are kicking against the pricks. You are harming yourself. And the Lord is speaking to us today. When you are coming out of that hangover, when you are taking the drugs, taking the alcohol, when you take those things and you come sober, the Lord is coming to you and saying, Why persecutors thou me? 
you cannot kick against the pricks you are harming yourself these experiences some of us hit rock bottom like Saul did this day and we have experiences in life that make us lose so many things our heart is broken we are embarrassed we should use these things as stepping stones Saul used this experience as a stepping stone to follow after Jesus let us use the experiences that we pass through and also the time when we hear the truth speaking to us as stepping stones to start our life again Saul started his life again it would be well with us to halt our previous life and say I'm deciding to follow Jesus I will start again the Lord gives us an opportunity for us to do that today and I pray that you will respond may this devotion be a time for you to turn a new leaf and start life again turn away from the previous life of iniquity and sin where you were kicking against the pricks in whatever form or way the Holy Spirit is ministering to you right now and say Lord what would thou have me to do and oh what the Lord will have you to do and what he can do with you you don't have an idea how much potential is in you who would have thought that this man Saul would be the greatest evangelist and you also man or woman regardless of what you have ever been whether people look down on you as a drinker a smoker or a harlot or the worst kind of person whether you are proud or people see you as good for nothing that's how Saul was but the Lord said to this man when he had not even changed I am going to make you a light to the Gentiles an evangelist for me to cut people out of the kingdom of Satan and bring them into righteousness in fact the way that Saul himself put it he said delivering thee from the people and from the Gentiles whom I will send you to to open their eyes and turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan unto God that they may receive forgiveness of sins and inheritance among them which are sanctified by faith that is in me you may have your life all so dirty right now that's how Saul was you know what Saul was? Saul was a murderer he was not just one halot or some this man was a murderer the Lord used him whatever you are looking down on yourself the Lord says to you I want to make you a fisher of men I want to use you as a light to the Gentiles to cut people out of the kingdom of Satan to bring them out of darkness into light don't look down on yourself you can do it it is not about what you have but about what God has and what he can put in you and if you would respond sincerely from your heart humble yourself before God and let him teach you you will become an instrument in his hands just as Saul was and I pray that that will be all of us our own experience let us pray dear Lord in heaven please help us that this devotion shall be a means for us to turn a new leaf in our lives we are inspired with hope that if you can do this for Saul you can do it for us too we have been kicking against the pricks Lord help that this will be a Damascus experience for us that we will turn a new leaf as we review the past of our lives help us Lord to realize that we have been harming ourselves and it is time for us to begin again we do not see in ourselves any strength to leave the past life of sin to stop those things we are doing 
but we trust that you who did it for Saul can do it for us and turn us from murderers and haters of God and people who are self-indulgent involving in all kinds of pleasures and sin to people who are holy, pure, righteous and lovely. Lord, my prayer is that you do this for us and all your children who are listening now, wishing and hoping that you do this for them, Lord, please do it, that we may be transformed into the image of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. In Jesus' name I've prayed. Amen.
shall be my people. 